This episode will contain spoilers. If you have not seen Peaky Blinders, go watch it now, then come back and watch this. Thank you. Hello and welcome to sort of a Barrel Nation podcast. This is myself, Ryan Canfield, Paul Sauer, Luke Griffey, and our guest today is going to be Ryan Clavin. A film of the TV series, The Peaky Blinders. So, Rank, we're going to put you right on the spot, right off the bat. What did you like about the show? What did something you didn't like? And what do you think something they could have done better? Um, So, first, it's an excellent show. So, the good's going to be nice and easy. Um, To me, what makes this show so special is just the the build-up in every season to the finale is just so strong. And I think there's such a strong payoff with the end scene that you're just so satisfied in the end because most often it looks like everything is just wrong and you could never figure out what possibly could go right. And Tommy just always pulls out in the end and just makes something special happen. Oh, my God. Just... Can I, Just can I happy say, as can be at the end. Can I say an example of this happening? Yeah, absolutely. When they all are like tried and like are supposed to hang and like yeah, oh my god, the scene where they, like that's they ended uh, season three. Yeah, end of season three, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene where he just goes around like every all, all of like the members of the crew like about to go into the noose. And then you just see Tommy like riding Winston Churchill like extremely like fast, and then and, like everything works out perfectly. So like just as they're about to go in, like the guy gets a call and just calls off everything and just Tommy, you know, Tommy's a genius and he does whatever he wants and he gets his way. That was so perfect because they ended season three with them getting bust off and the beginning of the season four was them all in the noose. And it's just, like you said, Tommy hauling to get the Winston Churchill. That was, and they I, were was literally I was to get screaming. I was, I knew I was so scared, dude. I was freaking out. Even though, like, you knew something probably wasn't going to happen, I was still, like, on the edge of my seat, just, like, tense, locked in. That was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to go, how does the film or show establish history? And then, Luke, since you haven't spoken yet, what do you think? This is a great question for the That's show. That's an easy one. I mean, anywhere from the cars, um, the buildings, the, the what they're wearing, um, the accents, I feel like, are not that much different than they would be today. I mean, yeah, I don't really know what a Birmingham accent would sound like nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> the weapons. Oh, the weapons. That's a big one, yeah. Like, um, they don't even get the quote-unquote Tommy gun until season four. Yeah. Cars weren't even a big thing until the later seasons. Mm-hmm. Remember they talk about, like, the first, like, shipment of guns that they stole? That They were all, like... Yeah. They were about to take over the country because all they oh. all, all you needed was like 15 like of these automatic guns like, guns, yeah. Yeah. yeah also especially in the earlier seasons they they bring up a lot that tommy and a couple of his brothers fought in the oh yeah that's a very good that's good yes for world war and it's kind of, especially in the first season it's very like ptsd heavy with like especially yeah. with danny Wizbang and everything like and tommy had his um he, he ate his opium pipes and stuff and the opening scene is literally Tommy going to get – he's on a horse walking in. The gypsy. And you immediately see him on a fit, and he's getting, like, 
I think blessed or something. There's a, a fortune being put on the horse in that oh, first horse, that, that he'll like yeah. lose or something like that. So that way he, can, he like, ends up the horse. horse ends up dying because they I think it was cursed. Uh, like long story short, it won yeah, in the that, race and then it mm-hmm. died. Yeah, that was when they were like rigging all the horse bedding. So <laughs> and actually, like, ring that's a curses. that's a really good transition because the Peaky Blinders did actually like exist in real life. Um, yeah. The creator of the show Stephen Knight his mother was a runner for the Peaky Blinders she would go around in like a basket pretending to sell like bread and she would be taking bets and she would bring it back to the Peaky Blinders and that's how they would get their their stuff in did not know that they were real but the more you know but I also think that okay go ahead you can finish no and sorry to cut you off there but like one last tidbit is the garrison like the pub that gets destroyed rebuilt that is also real is that the one that they blew up in the beginning of um season two? Season four. Oh. Uh you might be right actually. It's it gets blown it's up. The beginning of one season. Yeah. Season three or four. But yes, that is the pub that gets blown up. It does actually exist in real life. Yeah, no. But what I was gonna get to about like the historical aspects was just the fact that they play on historical figures. As you like, we're talking about earlier, like Winston Churchill plays a, a big role. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really think of anyone else off the top of my head, but Oswald Mosley, I think, exists. Yeah. Oh, really? Doesn't, I'm like, yeah, I think he actually exists. Doesn't like Al Capone feature at some point? They, uh, some they, form? they mentioned him. They yes. said Alphonse Capone. Yeah, like, so like they're talking about the dude coming over from New York. Oh, they also uh, a good example is uh, season five. I think they mentioned uh, like the stock market crash, like for the Great Depression and everything. Yes, dude, crash. Michael blew it. Mike, yeah, because uh, the Tommy's Tommy's talking to Michael about how um, Michael should have uh, like pulled, pulled out me because he told he told him to. That's what he did. But apparently, like Michael got his own intel that it wasn't going to happen, so he held on and they lost like over like half a million dollars. Crazy. Back then, half a million dollars is like three million dollars. Oh, a certain amount of money now. Yeah, probably more than that. Yeah, honestly. So Oswald Mosley was a British politician. He rose to fame in the 1920s as a member of parliament and then became, in the 30s, the leader of the British Union of Fascists. Oh, so there was an actual Union of Fascists. That's crazy. Yeah. Fascism is like Nazi, right? Sort of, yes. The Nazis like, were con- considered themselves fascists, yeah, but like yeah, the party isn't just like Nazi. Yeah. So now moving on, there are a couple clips that we have shown, um, and Rinky, you can choose which one you want to show first. But all three of these are from some of the coolest scenes in the Our show. So many iconic scenes. So many. Right, let me just work this out real quick. Which one are you going to do first so I can give a little context? I'll do the Alfie Salmon with um, Salmon. Oh, with my, my personal favorite character in the show, Tom Hardy. Tom yeah. Hardy's awesome. Well, obviously, Tom Hardy's awesome. awesome. It's, uh, all, uh, acting in this show because it is phenomenal. Alfie Solomon, he plays like this Jewish gangster. It's a great character. So, and in this scene, he's going to meet the villain in season four, Luca Trangretta, and they're discussing business deals. And we are going to hear Alfie talk about 
the negotiations, just a warning. There is going to be some language in here, but it's probably nothing you have. All right, I'll just start the clip. Oh, yeah, what? On Body Street. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking crazy, you know that? <laughs> 200 barrels. Huh? Oh, what do you think, Rosina? It all started with some cash. Bung workers are broken it down here and a uh, list of costs pertaining to the assassination of a dear friend. Alright. Now, your normal dispatch, well, it's over £500 cost, but you're going to have to add another 100 to that. Because Tommy Shelby, like me, is from an oppressed people. Then I need you to put another ton on top of that because his brother is a fucking animal and he will come after me. Yeah. And then you will need to put another 100 on top of that because, well, you are a fucking what, mate? Hmm? And you. And then we have to deal with the ugly business, which I've been incredibly clear of before. I will need another 500 pounds because, like I stated, Tommy Shelby is a very, very good friend of mine. So all is down there in black and white. All right, crack on. Okay. That was no, that was wow. I mean, we got we got the one. I need to rewatch the show, dude. It's so good. It's so good. And I'm sure you've hear you've heard us throughout the school be like, and another five hundred will make because you are. I'm not even going to say because I don't want to have to get this edited out. But Yeah, who's editing this? We don't have Shane. <laughs> no, that was... You know that's, I say? I think, like, go the ahead, characters in this show are so well done. It's insane. Yes. Just like, you'll see in that scene, like, Chang Greta's hat is, like, slanted. And that doesn't seem like that big of, like, a deal. But whenever you see him, he has that, like, look about him. He looks so just, like, shady and, like, sly. You can never trust him. He's a, such a good villain. I'm just yeah. gonna name drop a couple uh, a couple names to some of the actors and actresses in this show: Cillian Murphy, Helen McCroy, M- McCrory, sorry, Paul Anderson, uh, Tom Hardy. I feel like all of them deserve to just uh, be mentioned for the incredible job that they do in this show. Yeah, Cillian is Tommy, Polly is Helen, or uh, Paul Anderson is Arthur, and Tom Hardy is Alfie. Who plays John Boy? John Boy is um, that's Finn Cole. Joe Joe Cole. Joe, Joe Cole and John Boy's he, a great character too. He was he went from being hung in the beginning of season four to getting murdered about fifteen minutes later because and it, it was actually a really good job by Stephen Knight of because he went to, he uh, Joe wanted to go a different direction and join another TV show for his career so that was a good way for them to kill off also, John's character. Also, that starts the whole vend- vendetta thing, which, like, obviously the Italians take very seriously, and, like, that's, like, the whole premise of season four. It's crazy. Yeah. Season four, I think, coming for most of us, is our favorite season. So good. Yeah. So good. And the dude that they bring in to be the the mafia dude from New York, Adrian Brody, he's a really good actor, too. He was in The Pianist, which Wait, I think he, one That guy plays uh, uh, Changretta, you mean? Yes. Yeah. He does. I didn't know his name. That's good. But yeah, he's like an Oscar-winning actor. Oh, I imagine. Did, yeah. did this show win any awards? It really should have. It. Um. 
I think it has. I know in the LAD by in the LAD Bible, Tommy Shelby was voted the greatest TV character of all time. You just say LAD Bible, not Lad Bible. Lad Bible, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the character development is like something special, especially the, younger the characters, yeah. like Finn, Finn, Michael, like who are introduced at like a they young have, like, age. Like a baby in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Dude, just play no like, role into like huge, yeah. huge parts of like the series. I think it's just like, pick his eyes, Finn. Pick his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing that I could definitely see why uh, Tommy Shelby would get voted like best character like TV show is because you know how in the, be- the beginning of the show the family is kind of like not as well off as they obviously as they because they grow their empire and their enterprise gets huge and because right. Billy Kimber runs the races apparently um but he's at his most like arguably at his most like sane and like best mental state in the beginning of the show but then everything like flip-flops towards the end because obviously as like the stress build from him building his empire and enterprise him making money you know he becomes a very powerful man and like powerful men have to make these hard decisions and you can see eventually it, it gets to him. And obviously not to mention the love of his life, Grace, you know, dies, that really screwed him up. Dies right in front of him. And I mean, the man, like my opinion, he never recovers from that. I think that's when he just oh, 100%. down, down, down. Oh, yeah. Like that's it. Th- oh, okay. Sorry. Go it's just, it's very, they do it very well, I think. It's, like you said, it just like slowly picks at them over time. All these things adding up. Everything from the war to, yeah, Grace dying to, yeah, it's just... Mm-hmm. And they overlap. Like, the war, the the memories from the war and, like, this current events overlap. Like, Hopi going to sleep here. Here's, like, pickaxing, like, through the wall and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of build off each other. Like, a lot of why he liked Grace so much was that he, like, felt like he was safe and, like... Mm-hmm was, like, not having those war flashbacks. And then, like, she was, like, ripped away from him. So that that did, like, huge and damage. that was a – the bullet was intended for him. Yeah. yeah. So she so he felt There's a lot, yeah, a lot of guilt involved there for sure. Was it, so I have a list. Was it for Angel Changra, like, the other one? Yes. Because there's Luke, I think Luke, it was Luke actually Luke's brother that – That was sent. Oh, Really? I think it was from I don't know who it was from, but I'm ninety five percent sure. Father Trangreta, like the big guy who they end up like killing. Well, yes, because it was someone from the yes. Trangreta family for sure. They got that's what starts their beef. Right, that little like side piece turned into season four from season three. Yeah. So all of the like family members that Tommy's lost, Freddie Freddie Thorne, that was Ada, his sister's husband, so brother-in-law. Oh, yeah, Danny Wisbong fought with Tommy in the war. He ate a bullet for Tommy as well. We just talked about Grice. She ate a bullet. Uh, John Boy died. Abarama Gold. Yes. He's a he, great uh, character, too. He's he such died a in the last episode of season five. Like, spoilers, obviously. But you know what? It makes what's interesting to me. You mentioned Freddie Thorne. And. So season one ends like they're having a ba- like him and Ada are having a baby. They're all happy together. Like Tommy and Freddie are kind of friends now. Like they were childhood friends, but they're like obviously he's a communist and they were kind of fighting for a while. But now they're back on these ch- each sides. Bam! Season two opens. Freddie Thorne's funeral. Never even hear about it. 
No, and that's like the last time we hear about Freddy. It's just a little yeah. confusing that they chose to do it like that because the way they do it is that like five, like three years pass between each season, which is interesting mm-hmm. to do. But I, I mean, I thought, I thought Freddy was a Freddy. good character. I would have liked to learn how like he died or something like that. But I think it was just like natural causes or something like that. Wasn't like an illness or something. Yeah, like, it, exactly. was, it was very. It wasn't brief. anything really exciting. I bet you his character, or he left the this contract yeah, was up or something, crazy. and they just didn't have a, a good way to do it. I actually really like Ada. In the beginning of the show, I did not like her that much. Yeah, but no. Towards the end, I'm starting to like her. Her character development is outstanding. That's true. Because at first, she just follows whatever Freddie Thorne says, like literally. Mm-hmm. Like, not even, like, she doesn't even, like, know if she's a communist or not. She's like, oh, Freddy's one. I, I might as well be one. <laughs> but then she kind of gets her own. Because then she she kept putting uh, Freddy above, like, the, like her own family. But, like, her family, like, needs her. Like there's, And they were sick of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, Shel- like the Shelby's got to say, like, a Polly Gray. Polly's character development's interesting. Because she's, like, there with Tommy all the way. But then Michael comes along. And then she's not, like, as loyal to Tommy because her and Michael and Tommy started the butt heads. One thing I was going to say about um, <clears throat> Polly Gray is she's the most susceptibly powerful person in the show. The people that, um, like, she talks to, I don't think appreciate how, like, much control she has because um, she is, like, the only person who pr- can probably tell Tommy, like, what to do. I can't imagine someone else telling Tommy what to do and getting away with it. Yeah, definitely not. I agree like, with she, that completely. Because Polly is definitely like the mother figure to Tommy because I forget what happens to his mother. She dies, right? She died, and then their dad actually well, the, their oh, dad they, made Yeah, the dad's good. in the show. Yeah, he like basically took $500 from Arthur. Well, like, yeah, but. And then he tried to beat him up afterwards. And then that didn't go well for Arthur either. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, but going back to Polly Gray, she is able to like. I'm going you know, to be careful how I choose my words here. I'm not going to say seduce because that implies like some sexual connotation, but she definitely uses her, uses like her what she has as a woman to her advantage. And like, she like talks very like smoothly, gets information out of people without even realizing like, without, without them even realizing they're doing it. She knows how to work Tommy. Mm-hmm. No, not even just Tommy, though. Remember, like, that Russian guy that, like, was, like, coming to talk to her? and like, she, yeah. like Oh, yeah. She was the one who, like, figured out his mm-hmm. business and, like, warned Tommy, like, dude, like, watch out for this man. Well, that, yeah, that was... That was um during the wedding, no, right? season, That was season three. Season three. So, yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, that was the wedding when they're at dinner, and she's, like, talking to him, and he's trying to, like, flirt with her, and she's, like... I'm not messing with this, like, and then instantly knew right off the bat something was up. Mm-hmm. So, kind of to go off something else, there's, like, discussion topics of your choice, and I think one that is very um, relevant to us and our connection with this show, and what is the most quotable lines from the show? Wow. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Let's all go around and give our top two quotes, starting well, with Randy. just anything. Alfie Solomon's, obviously, <laughs> literally anything. Just his whole character, just quotable <laughs> as can be. <laughs> oh my god! Um, probably besides him, my favorite is when. Well, we're we're not we don't care about spoilers, right? I'm just gonna, no, we basically off. yeah. Um, yeah. so when Arthur like kind like fake dies when he like gets choked out by the dude, you don't know if he's alive or not, but like Tommy comes in last second. 
but everyone else thinks Arthur is is dead, so they can like get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he goes to Finn, he's like to the guy who killed our supposedly killed Arthur. He's like, take his eyes for Arthur, for Arthur. <laughs> so fire. Great. That was yeah. Dude, oh, yeah that was the, way, the whole like what Peaky Blinders means is it's a hat. It's like a flat brimmed hat with like these mm-hmm. laser blades on like the under the flat part, and that's they're shown in. Yeah, they're sewn in. Yeah, and like you can just like fl- like flick one at one at someone, and it would like cut them pretty bad. That's why they're called Peaky Blinders. Razor they, or Tommy uses his a couple times. Oh, right? a lot of people use them. The first it's episode, there's a big fight with the Lee family, and they're just like kill yeah. or blind so many of them. Mm-hmm. They just whip around their hats. I think you gotta go with by the order of the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Classic line, iconic, and it's said by everybody. Yeah, it's... several times throughout the show. My favorite is Arthur when they they're fighting in the club, not oh. Sabini's. I forget which exact scene, but he goes to the mic after he just slashed this dude up, and he goes by order of the Peaky Blind is in this completely Sabini. silent club. It was so sick. Wasn't that Sabini's? I think that was Sabini's. It might, it was Sabini's, but they they took apart his club multiple times. That is true. That is true. Um, are you talking about the one where they have the really loud music? Yeah, then, yes, I think like, there was music the going on. I'm pretty sure it's that one because then everyone's silent after it, and you can like definitely hear it silence because of like how loud it was before. Yeah. And then my other one is season three. When Tommy gets his son taken away and he goes up and like charges Alfie because he thinks that Alfie gave the tip of like where his son would be. Mm-hmm. And Alfie like freaks out because he was about to kill him. And he's like, you're really about to kill me for that? Like you, you play like you play by the sword, you die by the sword. If you're going to kill me, kill me for an honorable reason. Mike. Mm-hmm. And he just goes off on this legendary like minute and a half. Now we're at the beach. No, no, no. This is like in a, in a warehouse. Michael's there with um, not a Peaky Blinder hat, a different hat. Tommy kills Alfie's like chauffeur. Season three. It, it was. I you know what I'm talking about. You know it's talking it's about. So I already I watched it like three months ago. I already have to watch it again. It's so good. Yeah, in quarantine, I would definitely be watching yeah. some Breaking Bad again. Yeah, definitely. Luke, you got a favorite? Uh, mine would just be the classic. Uh, I don't want to say it because it's it's the Italian. Um... Oh, oh. <laughs> the clip that we just watched. Yes, that is my favorite scene in all of Peaky Blinders. Yeah, probably. I mean, because Tom Hardy is also easily he's unintentionally hilarious. He's like yeah. that is like the funniest thing to say. That's like, oh my god, just that whole scene. Like when he's talking about, it, he's like another hundred because your brother's an or because his brother's an animal and he's gonna yeah. come after me. It's just like I no, love the, and also the, the, in that same scene, he talks about how um he's like questions Changreta how he's gonna get inside the ring for like the boxing match. The boxing match yeah. because um he's like you better make sure they're circumcised because, you know, Tommy will check. Tommy will check. <laughs> he will check. <laughs> oh, I forgot like, about so that. so nonchalant about it, but there's just so much aggression. Like, you can just tell. Oh, that that, like, at any second. Awesome. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. Oh, he's like, you want some white bread? Some brown bread? <laughs> and then Tommy's like, oh, that's brown bread. bread. He's like, oh, that's shit. 
<laughs> well, no, because he said, oh, it's not bad. He's like, what do you mean? It's fine. This is for the work. <laughs> so there's one part or there's um, there's one movie called Legend on the note of Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy's in it and Paul Anderson, who plays Arthur in it. And I think that's not the only movie they're in together, but the cast as a whole are in a bunch of different movies on the other side of the pond together. Um, so this is not like the only show where these cast members are working together. Mm-hmm. And I think Stephen Knight knew that when he brought in Tom Hardy and he brought in, I don't actually, I don't know if Adrian Brody was a part of any other of them, but they have worked together in the past. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I assume uh, actors like to, uh, if they like working with someone, they definitely form a connection and the show just gets better. These they're actors that hate each other. Like Vin Diesel and, um, the Rock, the Rock can't stand each other. Yeah. <laughs> and if you watch Mythbusters, uh, Jamie Hyman and Adam Savage hate each other. What? Yep, they hated each other because they couldn't work together. Wow, that was one of like my favorite shows. Isn't that crazy like, too? I was built up on a lie that they were like because they were like boys on the show. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, going back to uh, Peaky and uh, all of the internet, you know, researchers, Cillian Murphy. He has played a like a mentally ill person in like several other uh, movies and TV shows. Like, uh, it's kind of a stupid example, but Batman, the Scarecrow guy, he plays a he plays a uh, like a kind of mentally ill person. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's a good example. I mean, it's a good example, but I feel like it's a cheesy one. But um, he plays a kind of like a psycho, kind of deranged person very well, who's kind of lo- on the t- edge of losing it, but also very smart and put together and able to. He's in a war movie, yeah. Cillian Murphy. I want to see 1917. I haven't seen it. I think I might be wrong. Um, he's definitely in another like big, big time movie. It's not... Fuck. I got, it's going to piss me off now. It is Dunkirk. Oh! It is, there, it is definitely He's Dunkirk. in Inception, too. Is he like the main guy in Dunkirk? Um, let me look. I just remember there are a bunch of Brits in that, so I figured he he's Irish. Oh, yeah, racist. All right, uh, yeah, we have broadcast. Actually, hey, Tom Hardy's also in Dunkirk, so look at that. Oh yeah, he's the pilot. Uh, he, yeah, forgot oh, about that. Tom Hardy, oh, man. That scene is so. Tom Hardy sad. is the man. He burns. He's also in Inception. What? Yeah. Uh, wow. So I don't know. Peaky Blinders, great show. I mean, watch if you've watched this, you've already listened to, you've already like known all the spoilers, so no point in watching it now. But um, actually, you should probably still watch no, it. Anyway. Definitely, it's definitely give it a show. On behalf of the Piggy Boys, myself, Elf, Paul Sauer, Ryan Cleveland, and Luke Griffey, we thank you for taking your time today and listening to this film review of the Piggy Blinders. Be sure to stay on the lookout for our other podcasts from our other classmates in history in Hollywood. There are a lot of good movies being done. And while you're at it, be sure to follow at Barrel Nation Productions on Instagram. If you enjoyed this podcast, you would like the content we put out on that platform on Instagram. Thank you. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs>